Okay, so this is my second take at journal entry number two, because unfortunately, the first time I did it, it did not save. But we have three articles, three pictures. I apologize if I leave anything out. Um, so the first article is about the unemployment rate. Um, this is actually written a month ago, May 8th, and it talks about how it's risen to 14.7% which is the worst since the Great Depression. And I, I think that's really crazy that we're living through something like this. Um, I mean, it's really rare that anything like this happens, that the unemployment rate would ever get so high. And, I mean, while you look at 14.7%, that might not seem a lot, but... Uh, 20.5 million people lost their jobs in April alone. And, I mean, it, it makes sense because a bunch of large companies and any companies, I guess, um, they're losing a lot of income because of the quarantine and the rules, the stay at home. And, unfortunately, this is leading to people having to be laid off because companies can't afford it or just businesses closing in general and all employers or employees not being able to work. And it, it's really upsetting because um, it's, it's out of these people's control and they're getting caught up in such a terrible situation. And it's really affecting people's families and people's lives. And yeah, so this actually relates to my next topic or article, which is how COVID-19 has hit the poor the hardest. Um, people who live in low-income areas who have jobs with low income already are living hard. And for these people to lose their jobs because companies can't afford to um, keep them employed and pay for them to work and everything is devastating to a family, to an individual, um, especially because there are all these things that are basically necessities at this point to stay safe from the virus. And that's why these areas have such a high um, infection rate because people can't afford masks, people can't afford hand sanitizer, um, people can't afford to keep their water running, those kind of things. I mean, um, it's hard for enough for everyone to get hand sanitizer, pretty hard for everyone to get masks, and for people who it's already hard enough to get food and keep, pay their rent, um, then they just have those things that they have to add on to or decide to go without. It, it, it's really a tough decision and makes it really hard for those people. And it, it gives them really no option um, to what to do. And it, it's unfortunate because the government is giving out lots of money. People around the world are helping, donating. But, I mean, that can only go so far. It can only help so many people. And there's still so many people who are still not able to afford food, hand sanitizer, masks, anything like that, the necessities, and it, it, it's really hard, and people are really 
just living day to day. And unfortunately, that's already something that people had to go through worrying about when their next meal would be and stuff like that. And and now it's just expanded to other neighborhoods, more people, more people have to worry. It's really hard. So next article is about schools and when they will open. Um, unfortunately, I, I, I chose this article and um, this was kind of more of an update. It was written in April 24th so it's kind of old but in or in terms of uh, coronavirus news but it, it doesn't quite say when schools will open again uh like next year it was talking about this year which obviously no schools open but i think online learning is something that's going to be with us for a little while now um i think it's in schools best interest um, to stay closed until a vaccine is distributed, um, at least to the majority of the country, if not worldwide. And um, I, I just think that teachers should really spend their summer thinking about how they're going to utilize online learning and how they're going to create their curriculum, because I, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. And I think it's a really real possibility that we might go an entire year, another year, with online learning. Or schools might decide something like they start to have people come into school maybe two times a week, once on Tuesday, once on Thursday. In between those times, the school would be cleaned and everything like that. Unfortunately, I don't think that would be the best idea because of risk of infection and high populated areas are never good. And there's no reason to put people in that position when there are alternatives like online learning. So now for my three photos. Um, so the first photo is a photo of the world and um it says Okay, I'm not sure what quite happened right there. Um, I, I think my microphone cut out, but I'm just going to continue. Um, basically, the first photo is a picture of the world, and it says lockdown over it. And it's just basically talking about how the world is on lockdown. It's one of the few times ever that anyone has ever experienced the entire world being on lockdown. I mean, this virus is affecting people in nearly every country in some way, shape, or form. It's a worldwide global pandemic. Um, it's, it's really a big deal, and the world truly is on lockdown. So the next photo is of uh, a populated area in China, 
and it's just showing, um, I guess, showing, like, how serious this is and everything. Everyone's wearing masks, everything like that. But um, it shows how much China has progressed from where they started. The outbreak started there. Um, It was the epicenter for a while. But ultimately, China is leading in decreasing cases. And they're having very few cases show up. Um, They're flattening their curve. They're um, really taking the next step. And um, I wouldn't say eradicating the virus, but neutralizing it. And I think it's really impressive where they've come from and everything like that. So the third photo is a hospital with coronavirus patients. And it's just showing how full the hospitals are because there's so many patients and not enough space in the hospitals to treat them all. And it just shows that there's so much medical supplies needed for each individual patient, and there's just not enough. And a lot of people are trying to make it, donate to get it, but there's really just not enough to treat everybody. And the people who are on the front lines of trying to stop the virus, um, it, it shows they have to wear things like hazmat suits, and they're at risk of infection. And they're really putting their life on the line. And I think it's really brave what they do. And I think it's really impressive that they're continuing to work and stay strong during these times. And, yeah, I just think it's a difficult time in history for the world. But, like always, I think we'll overcome it. So, yeah, that's the end of my second journal.